them out of the ocean and grew legs and they started walking and the apes climbed down from the trees and grew tall and they started talking what's going on out there in crypto land i'm phil this is the fun with crypto podcast and we're about to start episode eight all right in this episode we got some fun things to cover we are going to do a general overview of the Abra wallet, um, something I actually just learned about recently in the last three weeks. It's a new wallet application that you could install on your phone, and um, it's actually the founder. The founder is uh, an ex-CIA um, cryptographer, so... Um, so yeah, we're going to cover the uh, the Abra wallet. We're also going to take a look at BitPay Server, which is helping bridge the gap between um, mainstream, uh, essentially mainstream adoption, helping to make it possible to actually receive uh, Bitcoin as payment. Um, so we're going to take a look at that. We're also going to take a look. There's a newsletter that I recently signed up to, which I mean, I, I believe that most Bitcoin maximalists already know about it. But there's a a, a great OPSEC newsletter, which I will post the link in the show notes um, so that you can go and sign up for that. And it's uh, it's really great. We're going to do just a general overview of the last newsletter so that people can get a feel for the material. And, uh, and if you're interested, then, uh, you know, sign up to it as well. We're also going to take a look at... So there's obviously in, in, in cryptocurrency, we, we always get all kinds of price predictions, right? Uh, you know, Bitcoin, especially now with uh, the recent, uh, the drop of a thousand points uh, in, in the last, uh, you know, in the last week. So, right, anytime we get a violent swing to, to the downside or the upside, all everybody starts to revise all their price predictions. And um, we've actually got uh, crypto bull Tom Lee, who lowered his uh, year-end Bitcoin price p prediction from 25000 down to 15000 And we're just going to have a general discussion about price prediction. And then we'll wrap it up with some final thoughts. All right, let's, uh, let's get started with Abra Wallet. So Abra Wallet um, works for both Android and iOS. The Abra application itself offers the ability to exchange between cryptocurrencies and fiat right in the interface, which is, I think, really cool. Um, you can also, um, actually, you can also invest in, they have a Bit10 index token. Um, so that's pretty interesting for people who don't want to go out and have, you know, per actually do research on individual cryptocurrencies. Well, you could just purchase the Bit10 index token, and that way, you know, you're, you're kind of playing the whole field. Um, Another really cool thing about the uh, the Abra wallet that I really like is that it's a it's a non-custodial wallet. It just it eliminates the need to trust a centralized third party. It, it, that's probably the easiest way to to explain it. Another way to think about it um, is that Abra's user assets all live in user-controlled addresses on the Bitcoin or Litecoin blockchains, enabling transparency, liquidity, and security. A non-custodial wallet fully leverages the power of permissionless blockchain technology, which enables peer-to-peer -peer transactions without the need for an intermediary. In this instance, Abra operates on top of that model, providing a layer of support and functionality by making it possible to exchange 28 cryptocurrencies and 50 fiat currencies without getting in the way of user control and security. That's all on their on their website, which I've uh, I've got the link in my uh, in the show notes. So it's actually, um, it, it, so far, 
The app is really smooth. It's easy to figure out how to navigate. And I really, really, I, I do like it a lot and plan to start using it more. And just to add, because it's non-custodial and it's a blockchain-based wallet, with this particular wallet, you, you get your private keys. So unlike an exchange where you wouldn't have access to those private keys, which means the exchange actually owns all your funds indirectly, if you don't realize that yet, in this case, you actually get to have your private, you actually get to hold your private keys. So there's, that's a double-edged sword, right? It makes you, it helps make you your own bank and it helps make you responsible for your own funds. But at the same time, that responsibility, um, you are now also responsible for possibly losing those funds or having those funds stolen. So that means that you now have to be much more aware of your funds and what's going on. But I, I still, I still rather opt for learning to be your own bank. So anyways, check out Abra Wallet. Let me know what you think. And um, yeah, the, this is just, you know, another, I think it's another advancement in cryptocurrency and helping bridge that gap um, to, to retail adoption. I mean, when I, I, I believe that if a non-cryptocurrency user decides to install this, you know, this particular, this particular application and tries to use it, I think they're going to have a very positive, easy user experience, and it's going to really help show them how powerful cryptocurrencies can be. Okay, so moving on, we're going to take a look at BitPay server. So I, if people go and Google BitPay, you're going to get, you're going to get two different things. Well, I mean, you're going to get obviously a lot of links, but there's BitPay server and there's BitPay. BitPay is a completely different company. Um, BitPay server is a free open source payment processor that's on GitHub, and I'm going to post their link. Um, I believe that one of the uh, one of the founders on uh, on Twitter, I, I believe his handle is at Vortex, and uh, I, I've spoken with him a few times, and I've checked out. He also has a uh, a YouTube channel, and um, he really is super passionate, super smart, very well spoken. Like you could see that you know he definitely knows his stuff. Um, anyways, um, I, I'm gonna post uh, I'm gonna post links to uh, to his resources and um, yeah. And anyways, moving on. BitPay server. So according to their GitHub. BitPay Server is a free and open source cryptocurrency payment processor which allows you to receive payments in Bitcoin and altcoins directly with no fees, transaction cost, or a middleman. Okay, so continuing along to uh, some of the features, direct P2P Bitcoin payments, Lightning Network support, um, altcoin support, complete control over your private keys, full compatibility with the BitPay API, um, enhanced privacy, SegWit support, process payments for others, payment buttons, point of sale, no transaction fees other than those for the crypto networks, no processing fees, no middleman, no KYC. Um, KYC stands for know your customer. And over here, the uh, they've got a nice decent list of supported altcoins. They've got a nice list of supported altcoins like Beagle, Bitcore, Dash, Dogecoin, Feathercoin, Grosselcoin, Litecoin, Monocoin, Polis, UFO, and Viacoin. Here's another example of somebody who decided to take it upon themselves to help bridge that gap between, you know, between the, we'll say, the, the average retail user and the very tech-savvy 
crypto user. So, you know, BTC Pay is helping people bridge these gaps. So definitely check out this project. And I, like I said, I'm going to post the link in the show notes. So moving right along, a lot of times uh, in Bitcoin, you know, you're, you're always trying to find proper sources of information. You're trying to determine which are sources that you can trust versus sources that are, you know, highly questionable. Um, one of the, uh, and this, this, I think even kind of ties in with following the, uh, you know, the, the right people, even on Twitter, you know, different Bitcoin developers, lightning developers, um, because, you know, they're really in the heart of the action and that that's, you know, those are really the people that I end up following so that I can keep up with the projects. And through following one of these people, I ran into the, um, I think it's called the Bitcoin Optech newsletter. I'm going to provide the, uh, the link to it so uh, that you can subscribe. But essentially, um, what this what this newsletter does is it summarizes um, different discussions and it essentially summarizes the uh, the happenings um, in Bitcoin slash Bitcoin Core, okay? And that also includes uh, Lightning information. So in the most recent one, in newsletter number twenty one, for example, um, they uh, they summarized a few discussions on the Lightning Dev mailing list. Um, suggested some opportunities to develop a new tool that some users would find helpful. They, uh, they discussed different action items in the, uh, the lightning node development. And, um, there's also, let's see over here. I looked at uh, different papers, uh, like over here, the lightning protocol and application developers perspective by Alex Bosworth. There's also, um, integrating lightning into bit refill by Justin Camarena. And uh, there's also a discussion, Zap UX design and product approach by Jack Mollers. And um, they also summarize the, uh, the most notable code changes to Bitcoin Core, where they explain what the changes are and, um, and give the reference numbers. So it's, uh, and they also actually showed, and included in that is also changes to Lightning as well. So anyways, it's a really interesting newsletter. I subscribe to it and I suggest if you want to keep up with, you know, Bitcoin news uh, on a, I'd say on a more intimate level, that this is definitely the, uh, the news, at least one of the newsletters to sign up to. All right. So moving on, I just want to finish up really with this discussion about price prediction. So especially when you have, when you have Bitcoin doing really big moves, you know, like thousand points going up, thousand points going down, or like we saw, you know, last year in, you know, the December period through early January, you know, you saw a lot of really big price activity. And, you know, in this last week, we saw some pretty decent price activity. And of course, there's always people, you know, predicting what's going to happen, you know, like because of this, the price is going to go down because of this. You know, now that it went up this much, it has to pull back to a support level. And, you know, they bring in all these wonderful terms like support and resistance. And you have all the technical analysis charts that come out. And then you have all the fundamental analysis people that come out. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're always there. But especially when you have these massive price movements, it's like their voices get louder. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily ignore them because I definitely do not. I don't ignore them. I try to take in all the information I can. Whether or not I'm going to use that information is a whole, you know, different matter. But 
you know, you, you definitely want to take in what they're saying and at least try to frame it in the current reference. But at the same time, what you want to do is not necessarily base whether you're going to buy or sell your Bitcoin on it. Because I've found in my own experience that doing that is usually a failing proposition. You should just stick to doing your own research and buying when you feel comfortable buying and selling when you feel comfortable selling. Now, obviously, if for whatever reason you feel comfortable buying high and selling low, then that's just an unfortunate losing proposition. And I definitely suggest to reevaluate that. But if you're you know, if your intention is to continually accumulate Bitcoin, then I suggest that, you know, you just buy in small increments and you do what's called dollar cost averaging, which is you're essentially going to buy it at all these different price points. And eventually from buying it over a certain period of time, you will have averaged, hopefully, at a lower price point than what Bitcoin is at. But again, um, I, I think that, that there's a, because th th there's kind of a, you know, there's the technical reason why people love Bitcoin, and there's, of course, the financial reason. And this last bull market was definitely, you know, the push to 20,000 was definitely for financial reasons. And, of course, you know, we always talk about, um, you know, being your own bank and sovereignty and whatnot. But at the same time, Bitcoin has this whole other aspect, this philosophical aspect to it. And I think that that also kind of plays a part in it. And it also plays a part, unfortunately, with, you know, when you buy, because I myself have have bought at prices where, you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily the smartest to buy it at those prices, but I bought it because I want to I want as much Bitcoin as I can have and I want to hold it now, so to speak. So, you know, you sometimes make those bad decisions. But anyways, this long rant is all to say don't pay attention to the noise and just go with your gut and you should do fine. Well, that does it for me this week. Um, catch you all in the next one, please. Um, check the, uh, the show notes for my email, which is funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Also, you could find me on Twitter at CoinIcarus. And we also have a Discord channel, which is in the notes. So catch you all next time. Thanks for listening.